Let me pull up your podcast cheat sheet. Since I still don't know how to make a podcast. Someday we'll learn. I don't put that pressure on me. I like cheat sheets. <laughs> I'm never not going to have access to my notes, you know? All right. Uh, would you like to be person one? I, I guess. I'm never person one. My name's Smitty McMorbering Min Jensen. What? Because he's number one. Is that a Spongebob joke? <gasps> yes. <laughs> what was his name? Smitty Werberman Jensen. Smitty Werberman Jensen. He was number one. He had like the number one like hat with the straw. Yeah. I hate this. Please <laughs> introduce yourself. Please. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I hate SpongeBob. Okay. Well, my name's Emily and I'm really offended at that. Okay. Well, my name is Cassie and this is not your local SpongeBob podcast. This is Full Scream Ahead, your spooky road trip bucket list. Sans SpongeBob references. this is this better well your volume is like super spiky right there so it sounds like it's probably better it looks like it's probably better but let's see fingers crossed this has to stay in but i definitely just heard dangerous crust when emily said fingers crossed and i stand by it because we just listened back to the audio and it sounds like dangerous crust it was a crust with too much butter (laughs) it's gonna cause some blockages for sure Dangerous crust. Dangerous crust. Anytime I say fingers crossed, I'm just going to say dangerous crust and nobody's going to understand. But you listeners will know. You're in the know now. All six of you. You're part of this. All all four of us now have this inside joke between us. (laughs) Oh, so I got a couple new followers on Instagram. I genuinely don't know if they're from the pod or not, but... (laughs) I was talking to one of my colleagues uh, at work who also happens to be uh, a person I've been friends with for 10 plus years. I looked over at her and I was like, I don't know who this person is, but they just liked like 15 photos going back like two years, like a lot. And like, you know, no, no shame, right? Like I gave my Instagram out on the pod, you know, instinct is like that sketch, but I'm also like, oh wait, we're like public figures now or something. I would argue that we are not yet okay, public so figures. Um, <laughs> let, let me, listen, my mind only gotta, works in extremes. You gotta so. rein it back in. We're, we're still nameless nobodies, okay? okay. Rein it back in a little bit. You do have a top tier Twitter, but we are still nobodies. Hey, I got four followers this week. <laughs> so, I'm like it's not showing just you and the white man anymore. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the white man. Oh, no. So, I'm showing it to her. And she was like, are you sure you don't know her, Cassie? You have a lot of fucking friends. You know a lot of people. And I was like, I mean, you're right. But no, I don't know this person. And she was like, oh, maybe it's a stalker. And I was like, I mean, I guess that's true. My dad had a stalker. So, like, it's not impossible. And she was like, oh, I forgot about that. And I was like, oh, you were trying to make a funny. You were trying to make a funny. And you forgot my dad had a stalker. How do you feel now? Bet you feel like shit. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's, we'll talk about it off air. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. I'm not going to talk the rest of the day. And I started laughing so hard. I thought it was so funny. I was like, it's fine. Um, But yeah, so I got a couple new followers and I don't know if they're from the podcast or if they're bots. So that's fun. Yay. I'm leaning more towards bots because I don't think they're people who also follow the podcast Instagram. But she like this follower liked my post about the podcast. That I made when we started. Well, I, I guess she'll let us know if she does listen to the pod. Yeah, you can just send us a message. Hi, send us um, a picture of the most dangerous crest you can find. Danger crest only. <laughs> Hashtag danger crest gang. 
That's going to be our first line of merch. It's just Danger Crust gang. Danger Crust. Oh, my God. Ah. Anybody good at, like, making uh, surrealism cartoon art? Let me know. I wish I did. I just don't have the patience for it. I don't have the patience for most things. I like how as soon as we start recording, Aries wants to play with a crinkly toy. She's got a little avocado toast. She's just vibing. Look at her. Well, thank you for the kisses. You're so cute. Now that we have to have this microphone on two-person mode, we're probably going to pick up a lot of extra fun stuff. My microphone died, by the way, and and I'm a little upset about it. And by that, she means she murdered her microphone. Okay, well, like... It was barely working, and the internet said that there was dust clog somewhere, so I took it apart, and now it, like, works even less. I'm trying to get the mascara out of her whiskers. I have no idea how she did that. I mean, I'm literally, like... I keep my makeup locked up in a Star Wars lunchbox. I'm over her whiskers. Like, she's letting me do this, but it's, like, dried on there. I wonder if something... When she was, like, attacking me while I was trying to sweep earlier. Oh, she got so spooked. Are you afraid of the trash man? Is it because you're a trash cat and you're afraid he's going to take you where you belong? Anyway, we're here to report a, po- re- report a, po- a cod past. What? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, brief. Uh, this br- Brief. We're, we're five minutes in. I'm going to wait for this trash man to stop. I can see you're getting a lot of use out of your treadmill. I'm, I'm terrified to use my treadmill because I just have like this, this sorry, dairy. To use even though, your like, what? Hold on. N- to use your what? My, my treadmill. One more time. My treadmill. Stop it. Why does everyone say I pronounce it wrong? That's how I say it. Okay. I say it the same as everyone else. I don't need this from you. I don't need this from John. The exercise thingy that you walk on. Tread. Tread. Mill. Mule. <laughs> you saying mule like mule more. <laughs> my tread mill. That feels just wrong in my ex- mouth. Just the exercise machine. I can't. I can't listen to you say it anymore. <laughs> okay, I gotta wipe the tears. Gotta take my glasses off. Wipe some tears away dramatically like I'm in a silent film. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> okay, anyway, you think your neighbors think you're annoying. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Because we're, we're super loud. And then I have these creatures who scream and fight and throw things at each other all night and throw each other against walls and shit yeah that's fair and i'm just like oh i'm sure my neighbors all hate me especially when we all get up at three in the morning and i make smoothies and blow dry my hair i'm gonna show that bit to everybody i know everybody everybody i know is gonna listen to that bit i can't stop thinking about it can we listen to it again please i'm so sorry Wow. That's... That was impeccable. <laughs> Amazing. Now it's there in recording. Forever. I think I've recovered enough <laughs> to proceed with the podcast. Thank you. Um, let me tell you my uh, panic at a Dutch Bros story. Oh, yeah. you te- I remember you texted me. You said you panicked at Dutch Bros, but it's a fun panic, and then I immediately forgot about it. I mean... I would don't know that I would say fun. It's funny. Like, it's nothing serious, right? Like, I didn't have an actual panic attack. I just panicked. So, I went to two Dutch Bros today. Why? Uh, we're, we're getting there. Okay. So, I leave my house and I Google Dutch Bros to figure out which one's closest. So, so I get off the 95 and I see this Dutch Bros on the right and I was like, ah, oh, fucking sweet. So, I go there. There's a, a big Chevy 
truck in front of me, and they're like a full car length behind the line. I was like, all right, well, that's weird. And most Dutch bros have two drive through lines, and there's a sign, and English is my native tongue, so as far as I can tell, the sign said, choose shortest lane, okay? Very clear instructions. It could not be easier if it tried. So this motherfucker in the Chevy truck is just like a full car length behind the car in front of him. And he's choosing the left lane out of the two lanes, which is the lane with all of the cars. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, this seems weird. And like, I'm sitting there for three minutes and no car moves. I'm like, that feels like a long time. Since they have people like walk out and take your orders, you're supposed to just like drive up, get it and go. Um... I was like, whatever, maybe they're busy, maybe a coffee machine went down, like, I'm, I don't, I'm not actually on a tight schedule today, so it's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna let this bother me. It's the only thing I planned today. Right? Like, I, I have the time. <laughs> I have the gas in my car. I don't have a gas light on. Like, I'm fine. Uh, and so, the truck in front of me finally starts driving forward. And I start driving forward after him, and I see the other lane. It says, choose shortest lane. I see the other lane does not have a car line quite as backed up. And I was like, oh, well, let me go in that lane. So I go in that lane, and there's literally no one in it. I passed the entire line. And then, like, so I passed the entire line by choosing the shortest lane, which the sign told me to do. I have been to many a Dutch Bros, and that is what you're supposed to do. But I panicked because now I've cut everybody in line. It's like six cars that I just drove in front of. They all not read? Not a single one of them chose the shortest lane. Not a single one of them. Every single one of them just went through the long one. So I'm following directions, you know, being like a law-abiding citizen, etc., etc. And I choose the shortest lane. And then I get to the front of the shortest lane where you start merging in with people. And I was like, oh, no. I have two options. My first option. No, I have three options. My first option is to be a fucking dick. And just, like, cut six people in line who have been there longer than I have by at least, like, five to ten minutes. Damn. (laughs) Which would be so messed up. My second option is to just stay parked in that little shortest line. Just stay parked there, just chilling, until that Chevy truck comes up and I can weasel my way in behind him because that's my spot. That's where I belong. Right? My third option is just fucking leave. So I left. (laughs) I'm not dealing with that. I don't want to sit here. For 10 minutes, waiting for the Chevy truck to pass me, and I'm certainly not going to cut six cars in line at the drive-thru because they're going to start honking at me. One of them might get out. I don't know what they're about. It's freaking 10 a.m. on a Saturday. I don't trust these people. I don't trust me. I would do so the I left. exact same thing. I was like, I'm not waiting. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to cut these people, but I'm not waiting another 20 minutes in this Dutch Bros line. So I leave, and I'm like, okay. So I'm driving down, <laughs> paying attention to where your apartment is, because I can't ever remember where the turn is coming from the other direction. It's kind of hidden. It is. So I just use the KFC as a landmark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'll go to Dutch Bros. Like, on <laughs> my original plan, like, this wasted seven minutes of my time, but whatever, it's not that big of a deal. Because I have plenty of time right it's fine so i'm going down and i look at my map real quick when i'm on a red light and i'm like oh, okay cool so the dutch bros is going to be a left turn so i get over in the left lane and i get down and i get all the way down to the fucking freeway and i was like i haven't seen a dutch bros this is wrong i've made a mistake somewhere mm-hmm. so i pull up my map again and it's like make a u-turn it will be on your left and i was like motherfucker i thought it was going to be on my left the first time but i could have made it right and how did i just not see the dutch bros that i, I drove by it i just didn't see it huh so i made a u-turn at the freeway and then i came back up and then i finally saw the dutch bros and the line was much faster um and people there was only one line line, so there's one line in that one so there's less confusion even though it shouldn't have been confusing because the sign clearly stated please choose shortest line 
This, so that, that was my panic in a Dutch Bros, where I was like, okay, none of these options are good, so I'm leaving now. Under- I understand. <laughs> I would have done a very similar thing. I, like, I just, I just felt silly waiting in this long-ass line. Like, we are outside of the designated line area, so now we're in the drive, like, the driving lanes of the parking lot. So now I'm blocking traffic. I'm like, well, that's rude. I don't want to do that. So I chose the shortest lane, and the shortest lane said, cut six people. And I said, no, thank you, sir. Not today. <laughs> you you never know if someone's gonna like try and fight you in the Dutch Bros line. I don't trust them. The Broistas are nice, but man, these customers like you never know. I know. I remember back when me and my old roommate used to live in East Vegas, and there was always one Starbucks, and I only remembered where that Starbucks is because every time we'd walk by, it's like, hey, there's where that bitch tried to fight you that one morning. No one tried to fight me. Someone tried to fight John. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. I don't even know what happened. I don't even remember. Like it was some stupid shit. Like people wanting to. <laughs> Yeah. In line. Yeah. Sorry, Please. I shouldn't have made eye contact while I was <laughs> It was really weird. <laughs> yeah, she pulled her lid off her Dutch rose and then looked at me straight into my soul and then just licked her lid to get the, what I it's assume like is caramel like, and whipped cream. Yeah. And she just did it again. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. We're having a mo- we had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> just, does it mean we're married now? <laughs> In some I mean, cultures, I think that means we're married now. Anyway, that was my Dutch bro panic and... I have a lot of bug bites, and I don't like bugs, and we're here to make a podcast. Boo, we're going to do a podcast. We got there. It's been how long? It's been 18 <laughs> minutes and 23 seconds. Okay, but I'm a lot of that is just, like, scream laughing that I need to cut out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I do not apologize. Oh, don't. Do not ever. <laughs> it was It was well worth it. Okay, thank you. Anyway. Mr. Krabs is unfair. Mr. Krabs is in there. <laughs> that's how we all got radicalized as kids. We're all, that's why we all like unions. <laughs> we all grew up to be Squidward. Oh, God, I'm such a Squidward. <laughs> as a kid, I was like, why would anybody have no joy? Why is anybody that angry all the time? And now I'm an adult and I get it. I am Squidward. I don't want to be SpongeBob. I'm it- happy being Squidward. He has hobbies. He sets boundaries. He enforces those boundaries. He expects people to respect his, like, privacy and his space. Like, Squibber did nothing wrong. So it depends on the day, because sometimes I'm just there. I'm a little cube. Like, listen, can everyone just stop asking me stupid questions for five fucking seconds? And some days I'm literally, like, skipping around the office saying stupid shit. Yeah, but you, you can do both, right? So, like, my issue with SpongeBob is that he, like, doesn't respect anybody's boundaries. And I guess the biggest issue that I would see with Squibber is that, like, he's meaner than he needs to be sometimes. But would you not also be meaner than you need to be if you had a neighbor that constantly dis two neighbors that constantly disrespected all of the boundaries you had set? I mean, fair. Squidward did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is my new <laughs> radical stance on our not SpongeBob podcast. <laughs> I'm sure I will hear opinions from the people in my life who listen to this podcast about why I am wrong about Squidward, and I will accept none of them. It's like, listen, some days I am just, like, focused, I get my shit done, and some days it's just, like, pure chaos. Yeah, you know, you never know what you're gonna get. Right. Um, especially when you come to our podcast and listen to spooky stories. I have no idea what we're gonna get today, um, because I don't know what we're talking about. So, pure Emily. Chaos. What so, are we talking about today? We're actually, we're doing a, a two-parter because I accidentally wrote so many notes. Um, oh, no. I, I'm, this is this is actually me just coming up with an excuse to talk about one of my favorite historical figures for two episodes. I support that. Um, <laughs> so, we're going to talk about a place in Germany, and it's, it's not necessarily like a spooky, spooky place, 
Um, in fact, even when you go visit it, it's all like, look how pretty and magical and wonderful it is. Um, is it one of those like really pretty places where really bad things have happened, like every plantation ever? Kind of. I mean, it's got the person who created it slowly, as some would argue, lost their grip on reality. Um, he was possibly murdered okay. because of it. Okay. Um, it was also home to um, a Nazi task force for a while. That's unfortunate. Um, and it may like be those. haunted. Okay, we do like that. Um, Wait, is it haunted by Nazis? Because I don't like that. No. The Nazis don't deserve to be to be haunting people. They deserve to just be forgotten. Yes, for sure. So today we're going to talk about Neuschwanstein Castle in Bavaria. Oh, I remember because you were really excited to have like good pronunciation of things finally. Yes, finally I can somewhat pronounce things. It's not like my French when I try to do things in France. But also, now I'm really nervous that I said I was going to flex that because listen, I got an A in pronunciations in every German class I've ever taken. But also, now, like, I feel the pressure, but also, like, I'm in my living room and I'm going to say something stupid. So if I mispronounce something, just don't tell me. I know. I mean, <laughs> how long has it been since you were in school? Um, 11 years? Well, I, I took some German classes in college, too. Mm, okay. But, so, six years. Four years? A couple years, at least. That one year I went to UNLV before I was like, this is a trash school. Okay, it's probably not a trash school, but they were not, like... My counselor was very adamant that I should not be in their computer science program. So um, that's what sexist. I based. Yeah, that's what I'm basing my judgment on. Emily is the L Woods of uh, tech support stuff. That's what I would like. What to is be. your degree in? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Technically, my degree is in software design, but now I'm learning general computer stuff because that's the job I accepted for some reason. Emily is the L Woods. Of I'm basically just computers. winging it. Yes. Yeah. I want to be Elwoods if Elwoods went to a computer lab instead of law school. That That's my goal. We should all aspire to be Elwoods in any scenario. Exactly. Except for I want to be the blue version. Ooh. Just I don't have my Chihuahua anymore, but he's here in spirit. Aww. Probably. Little cupcake. Yapping at you from the pearly gates. <laughs> yes. The first thing you hear when you die is... Bark, 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 bark. I actually wrote so many notes because this is one of my favorite places... One of, I've, I've actually been here and it was it's so beautiful and it's so magical and um, the person who built it um, he's one of my favorite people in history so today it's going to be more like background and the historical stuff and kind of like general information about the castle and then next week's going to be the murder theories um, and the Nazis and you're making me wait a week for the murder bits I mean we'll, we'll hint at it see the thing is we don't know if he was murdered or not okay but, yeah, so let's get started on Neuschwanstein Castle. One more time. Neuschwanstein. 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 Neu. Neu. Schwan. Schwan. Stein. Stein. Neuschwanstein. 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 Oh, I was cleaning last night. I was pretending to I figure it's only fair if I made fun of your pronunciation for you to make fun of mine. And then I remembered, oh wait, on my shelf I literally have a little model Oh my god. I forgot I bought that. That's so cute. I bought it at the castle. I also bought, like, a giant mug of, like, warm mold wine that I immediately dropped on the floor of our hotel when I got home. Back. That's very disappointing. <laughs> I mean, I drank the wine, but I was sad to lose the mug. Okay, at least you drank the wine. Yeah. So today we're actually going to start in another castle in Germany where we're going to start our story called the Borg Palace, which is located in the upper part of Bavaria. That so, name is so much easier. Berg Palace, yeah. 
So on June 12th, 1886, Ludwig II, King of Bavaria, was declared mentally impaired and removed from the throne with his uncle be named regent. Ludwig was captured in Neuschwanstein and taken to Burg Palace along with his psychiatrist Bernard von Guden. On the morning of June 13th, the bodies of both Ludwig and Guden were found in the shallow park of the lake. Officially ruled as an accidental drowning, the deaths are still being questioned by modern medical professionals about what might have actually happened that night. So today we're going to deep dive, today and next week, we're going to deep dive into Neuschwanstein, which was intended to be Ludwig's private residence and what kind of marked his downfall. Private residence, that big. I guess the royal family exists. Yeah. I'm currently reading a biography about his childhood and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? He, all signs should have pointed that he was going to grow up to be super extra. Just like us. (laughs) Exactly. It began as an architectural love letter to the German composer, Richard Wagner, and it soon devolved into a refuge for a reclusive king who some say slowly lost his grip on reality. So let's let's talk a little bit about this Ludwig guy who created this beautiful castle. I keep so gesturing to my made, little model. Honestly, it's very helpful for me because I'm going to get the castles confused. Uh, so whenever you're talking about this one, can you just like gesture to Neuschwanstein? Yes. Okay. So Ludwig is our main character currently. Yes. Is he going to be our main character for the whole thing? Yes, he is. Okay. And I I, I find him fascinating. I think he's one of my favorite people in history. That's impressive. Yes. He's just, I don't know. And also surprising. I, I get it. you're like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you are. Like, you, you're a very feminist person. So it's yes. interesting to hear, like, you're this into a historical figure who is not a lady. I know. There's only a few of those, right? Exactly. Yeah. So he's got to be something special. I, I don't know. I just, I just think he's cool. I support that. So... When Maximilian II, King of Bavaria, died suddenly in 1864, Ludwig Otto Friedrich Wilhelm came into power at just 18 years old. Initially, he was considered very popular, many sources crediting his brooding good looks, is how he was described. What does brooding good looks mean? Does he look angry all the time, but he's still hot? Kind of, yeah. So it's like the Edward Cullen effect. Yeah, kind of, I get it. I mean, I was looking at photos, and I'm just like, you know what, his hair was a little wonky, but like, he could get it. What's his name? One more time, what's his name? Uh, Ludwig. L-U-D-V-I... No, W-I-G. Mm-hmm. The second. The Schwan King. Okay, yeah. His hair's a little funky, but I get it. <laughs> I can see the appeal. Uh, yeah. Especially in, like, late 1800s. Yeah, like, especially if that, like, kind of hairstyle was in, like, in style. I understand why he was... I like how some of these photos just, like, really capture, like, his crazy eyes and how, like, annoyed he looked all the time. You know what's impressive is, like, he looks a lot more modern than I would expect. Yeah. See, it's funny um, because this is, like, end of the 1800s, early 1900s, but he built his castle to look like something from the 14th century. Got it. That's why I thought it would be a lot older. Exactly. he's, He's tricking us. And I don't think... I don't remember where I put it in my notes, so if it comes up later, I'm sorry, but I... It's trying to find a way to organically fold it in. So this is the inspiration that Walt Disney used for his castle. Like him and his wife were on a trip in Bavaria and they saw it. And now that's what inspired the Disney logo and the Sleeping oh, Beauty wow. castle. That's awesome. So it, that was based off of this castle. He's 18 years old. He's just kind of been like put on this throne. He was pretty unprepared for any serious political leadership, um, which was... They said that because one of the very first things he did was to invite his favorite musician, Richard Wagner, to Munich to have an opera festival. Which, I mean, you give a teenager power. 
Bless you. Sorry. I just think that's such a teenage thing to do. Like, you get a little bit of power and money. Like, oh my god, I'm going to throw a concert. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I don't blame him at all. Um, Wagner, who was actually in pretty dire financial straits at the time, oh. eagerly accepted the invitation. And the young king actually became, became one of his um, chief patrons. And they were close personal friends because he was just such a big fan of this guy. Were they roommates? God, and they were roommates. Don't mind me. I just have to make everything gay. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. My jaw just popped. <laughs> so Ludwig had several nicknames due to his eccentric personality. Um, he was often called the Swan King or... <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Or the Fairy Tale King. Stop it. Yeah. I love him. In the book I'm reading right now, um, there was like a thing from his mother about how to tell her two kids apart. She would always dress them in certain colors and he would always have to wear like really nice blues. And I'm just like, that's, I mean, now all he does is wear his fancy blue coat clues and he goes out and hangs out with the swans, does this fairy tale shit. It's interesting because blue used to be considered a feminine color. And I think at the time, what year is this? Um, the 1880s. Okay, all right. So it was in the early uh, 20th century where um, pink was more associated with boys and blue was associated with the girls. Um, But that started around like 1918. So it wasn't necessarily a thing just yet, but it wasn't very far. That's such an interesting fact how it's kind of like changed over time. Yeah, it happened, I think, in the 60s. So initially blue was considered a more feminine color and pink was considered a more masculine color because pink was closer to red. Um, And uh, department stores started marketing infant colors based on like sex and gender instead of based on like age and size. Um, and so initially blue was considered a more, a much more feminine color. You wouldn't put your little boys in blue. You would put your little boys in pink. And then it started changing, I believe in the sixties, but some interesting fashion history for you. That is a fun fact. Yep. Sorry to interrupt. I just no, you mentioned I- blue and I was like, wait, that was girly once. <laughs> <laughs> that that's super interesting. <laughs> And I don't mean that as sarcastic, but I know it came out a little sarcastic. Listen, I, I learned a lot of re- random ass shit on Tumblr that I have verified <laughs> over the years. See, when social media is used responsibly, you can learn some fun shit. Truly. Mm-hmm. Not on this podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> only oh, ir- irresponsible use only. So two years after he took the throne, Bavaria and Austria fought a war against Prussia, which lasted only a couple weeks. And unfortunately, they did lose um, in losing this kind of, you know, he's he's like 20 years old at this point and kind of been thrust onto this, you know, and he kind of gets a lot of his power taken away at the end of this war. And then not long after that defeat, despite like how reluctant he was to do so, Bavaria and 21 other monarchies came together to become part of the new German Empire, um, which is known as the Unification of Germany. So this is more like the southern part of what is modern day Germany. Okay. So around this time, Ludwig became more reclusive. He would retreat to the Alps to play out daydreams of being a Christian knight in medieval times in this fantasy kingdom that he made up that he dedicated to his favorite musician, Wagner. He LARPed. He yes, would go LARP he, in he the was, forest. He was the original LARPer. He, he was an actual king. Yes. And who, he would go LARP and pretend to be a knight instead of a king in a different kingdom. Well, because this is like 
we're like closing in on like early 1900s and he's pretending to be like a 14th century medieval knight. What a fucking nerd. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what a fuck. He builds a whole ass other castle so he can go LARP. Yes. The goal. The dream. <laughs> the life. Um, I love him so what much. What an incredible influence. <laughs> Probably not the best king they've ever seen. Probably not. <laughs> love um, him anyway. <laughs> So in his childhood village of Hohenschwangau, I get laugh sorry. after every German word. I know. I'm just like I feel like I'm saying it wrong. I okay. Yeah, I was well, impressed. Hohenschwangau, Ludwig. <laughs> this is his home village, and also the name of the castle he spent a lot of his time in when he was a kid. Um, he picked this spot for his castle um, to be his permanent residence. So it's kind of like this little village, and then there's like his dad's castle on one hill and his castle on another. Mm-hmm. In the Middle Ages, there were three castles that overlooked the village, one of which was called Schwanstein Castle. Because it actually overlooks the lake, but there's a lot of swans. So that's mm-hmm. why they're calling it Schwanstein, which is like translates directly to Swanstone. Sounds similar enough, I believe it. Yeah. So this that was the original Schwanstein. And then we have New Schwanstein. <laughs> In 1832, so going back a little bit, Ludwig's father, um, Maximilian II of Bavaria, bought the ruins to replace them with the more comfortable neo-Gothic palace, which was called Hohenschwanga, which is where he spent most of his childhood. So that was his dad's castle and the village he grew up in. And the ruins that were above the family palace over on the other hill, this is kind of where he would go have his first little excursions. Um, and he would actually sketch them out in his diaries in the 1850s. Um, and this is where he decided he would make the base of his new home. So they um, cleared out the ruins and they built on top of it what would become Neuschwanstein. But that's actually not what he named it. He actually named it New Hohenschwanga. What? <laughs> so it's the new version of his dad's castle. Okay. It wasn't named Neuschwanstein until after he died. Okay. Um, so Ludwig had picked out this perfect location. Now it's on a very prominent hill. It's close to his childhood castle. You get a 360-degree view of the valley. You get to see the lake. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just beautiful. It's just good optics. Yeah. Very pretty. Uh, and maybe this is just growing up in a desert, but when I was there the whole time, I was like, there is no way grass is this green. This grass looks spray-painted. It's so... <laughs> the grass is not this... What the fuck? Fake <laughs> hey, grass. It's clearly, I understand what grass is. I grew up in a desert. Listen, I... I'm not convinced. I have seen, like, proper, like, green grass. Um, I think I would have a similar experience. Does grass exist? I don't know. It's like the birds. I I spent some time up in Washington when I was a kid because I had a cousin up there. um, And so we spent a month with them. And the amount of trees. Their backyard was just a forest. Like, straight up a forest. There was, like, a little deer that was just like its nest was right behind their property line so we could go to the property line and look over the fence and we would see like a little deer bed because they would hear us coming and they would run away but like you could see like their little hoofs like marks in the ground and you could see where they were laying and it had a baby and it was like I'm like you just get to see this? It's amazing. You don't you just get to see like this just happens. See people what? who live around like green places I don't think they appreciate it. It's actually on the way to Neuschwanstein when I had a layover in um Atlanta and we're flying in I'm looking I'm like oh my god the trees there's so many trees and I got my nails done in the airport because I had like a three hour layover mm-hmm. and I'm just like there's so many trees here like what do you do every time you need to build something you just like have to clear out a bunch of fucking trees and she's like I don't 
We have like a normal amount of trees. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm like, you what do trees you mean? we have? We have intentionally placed palm trees that um, are not supposed to be here and like ruin our allergies and bring a lot of scorpions. None of the trees here are native. No, they're all too big and take too much water. This is the desert. I want to live somewhere where there's trees. I feel like I need to live somewhere that's not Vegas at least once in my life. I'm so excited to leave here. I've been looking at property on Zillow and, like, looking at, like, what my mortgage payments would be for all these different houses. Oh, yeah, we talked about that last week. (laughs) Oh, my God, I can get such a good house in Roanoke. Oh, my God. But I can't move to Virginia now because I found out it's where my best friend's dad lives, and if I see him, I might get arrested. I mean, it's, like, whole ass state. I'm not willing to take that risk. That's fair. But, damn, $1,200 mortgage. Jesus. Can you imagine? Ugh. $1,200 mortgage. That's less than what I pay for this tiny apartment. Bananas. It's literally half the price of my rent. Gross. Yeah. Anyway, back to your <laughs> von Stein no Schwanzhoff things. <laughs> so um, Ludwig wrote a letter to Wagner to tell him about this plan he had. He said um, he wanted to build a more ambitious version of his father's castle. He wrote, the location is one of the most beautiful to be found, holy and unapproachable, a worthy temple of a divine friend who has brought salvation and true blessing to this world. He's gay. We think so. For sure. (laughs) I'm not a a scholar. I'm not a professional. I don't have to stake my reputation on these things. I can just say it. Motherfucker's gay. (laughs) There's no, like... And I also tried to find an organic way to fit the sim, but I was also like, this isn't, like, super related to the castle, but, okay, let me just throw it out here. He never married. He never had any known mistresses. Um, he was engaged for a while, but then it just kind of fizzled. Um, he was known to have a lot of really close male friends, including his master of horses. So was Oscar Wilde. Um, there, there is statements saying that in his diaries and journals he expressed his homosexual feelings but then those diaries were lost in world war ii so we don't actually know what those were he's gay so yeah we think he's gay cool i mean listen if i'm involved (laughs) you don't have to worry about how am i gonna bring up the gay stuff i will sniff it out i'll sniff it out and i'll ask about it i just love how the way he describes it he goes it's perfect it's so like unapproachable Right? <laughs> it's so secluded and holy and ooh. So one more time. To, re- repeat that last sentence again. What last sentence? The one uh, he's describing the the friend. Oh, so he describes it. It says, this location is the most beautiful t- to be found. Holy and unapproachable. A worthy temple for the divine friend who has brought salvation and true blessing to this world. The divine friend. Mm-hmm. Brought salvation to this. He plays music. Got so basically, he's a fanboy writing his love letters. Like, the, if he was born um, 150 years later, he would have written the same letter to Pete once. Let's be real. <laughs> Not me about to use Demi Lovato as a comparison. Like, so if I just bought a castle and was like, hey, Demi Lovato, would you mind uh, moving in here? Because you're such a divine gift and, like, are one of the most talented artists of your generation. And please, um, XOXO Gossip Girl, you know? <laughs> Basically. Like, he's just writing a fight. He he's right. He's like, I built this castle for you, my friend. Please come live with me. <laughs> I just think you're, like, super cool. No one can find us. <laughs> it's so unapproachable. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. How do you pronounce the castle? Neuschwanstein. What, stay, what happens at Neuschwanstein stays at Neuschwanstein. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So to bring his vision to life, to help design and decorate this castle, he hired theatrical set designers and scene painters. 
I'm sorry. He what? He's into theater too, or at least he's hiring theater people. Yeah, so he's hiring set designers to help design his castle. Cause he, oh my god, he's so gay. He's so eccentric. I he's love it. He's such a little fruit. I love him. Ugh. So, um, and together they put together some very dramatic drawings of what he wanted his castle to be like. So it was meant to be an idealized version of a medieval castle, um, specifically from around the 14th century. And it was inspired by one of his visits to an actual medieval palace called the Wartburg Palace. What a nerd. I love it. I love him. But he didn't want it to be a complete throwback because this is still like late 1800s. And he wants modern amenities. Yes. So uh, it's one of the first castles to have electric lighting, flush toilets, central heating, an electric buzzer for summoning his servants, and had a very modern kitchen for the time with like appliances. They wouldn't need air conditioning, right? Because even in the summers, it's not that hot. Uh, I don't know. I was there in the fall, but I'm always cold, so. I just, I want to live somewhere where I don't need AC. I like being cold. I, I hate it. I'd rather be cold than sweaty. Eh. I can put more layers on. Yeah, I can't but being take cold my skin makes, off. Being cold makes me just want to die. It makes me want to, like, cuddle up under a bunch of blankets and get Ugh. cozy. You don't want to be cozy? Yeah. But then again, I'm also that person in the office, like, in the middle of summer with my flannel and my heater on. You're about to die of heat stroke walking home. Yeah. Literally every time my boss comes to my QB stops and goes, why is it so hot over here? It's like, heater. Ew. (laughs) I hate it. I thought that was a speaker. I hate it. (laughs) No, thank you. I need it to be cold. Anyway. Um, I hate being cold. I hate being hot. Like, this, this was my first international trip, and I remember it was hot when I left here, so I didn't pack, like, that much warm stuff, and then we eat the plane lands, and it's like, local temperature is 40 degrees Fahrenheit, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Be- I'm in a t-shirt. You look at the, temp- <laughs> the, the the weather of the place you were going before you okay. left? Well, apparently I also had, like, a, a cold front that came in, like, the during that week, so okay. it went down a lot. I, I spent a long time... When I went to Norway, I spent a long time looking at, like, what the local fashion was like. So I didn't immediately look too much like a tourist. I spent a long time trying to find out if colored hair was something that was socially acceptable. So that way I would, like, be aware if somebody might jump me. Because then I would just dye my hair before I went. Because um, some places you can't have, like, bright blue hair and be okay. Oh. So I was like, and I didn't think Norway was one of them. But I was like, let me just make sure. So I was, like, looking at, like, what is street fashion like? What is normal, like... See, like meanwhile, last time fashion. I purposely dyed my hair hot pink so I would be hard to lose me in a crowd. I mean, you also went with a tour group. I went with just me and a friend. That's true. Um, and I wanted to make sure that, like, I wasn't going to cause, a, cause us any, like, undue mm. experiences. So, like, if I needed to just dye my hair brown, I would have. That's, um, that's a really respectful way to look at it. Meanwhile, I was sure, like, I am born and raised in Las Vegas. It is my divine right to be the tourist. I, <laughs> that's fair, too, though. Because we have to deal with so many of them. Oh, my God. So this it's is- like, it's it's just a flip when we're like, is it me? Am I the tourist? I'm finally the tourist. It's about damn time. In a minute, I'm going to need a sentimental man and woman to pump me up. Feeling fussy, watching my Valencia. <laughs> Sorry. I said about damn time, and now it's just going. <laughs> I give a fuck way too much. I'm going to need, like, four shots in my cup. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lizzo took over. I mean, Lizzo can take over anytime she wants. That's true. Okay, I'm ready. So, the first stone of Ludwig's dream castle was laid in 1869. Nice. 
he had. <laughs> <laughs> I need a towel. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Towels on the <laughs> Let's try this again while I'm not mid-drink and Emily makes a joke and then I spit it up all over my face. So the first stone was laid in 1869. Nice. He had written to, <laughs> he had written to Wagner that he hoped to move in in three years. But construction was still on- ongoing when Ludwig finally moved in to the first completed section 15 years later. Jeez. So just just a little just a little off track. So it was supposed to be done in three years, and 15 years later, he finally got to move into the one completed section. So I wonder why. <laughs> it's just it's just a little. I wonder exciting. if there was like a plague. Um, it just or a war or something. Just too much um, going on. A little too grand of a design. Spending all your money on this castle instead of feeding your poor. Just a little bit. Ouch. So Ludwig, um, who considered himself a deeply pious Christian, had begun to identify himself more and more with the Arthurian hero Parzival, along with other knights in the quest for the Holy Grail, which he wanted to include that into the design of his castle as well. Parzival Parzival? With a Z? What? P-A-R-Z-I-V-L? But as an Arthurian knight? Yeah. Is that not right? I think I, I'm just wondering if it's Percival and it's just like the German telling. Oh, I don't know. Cause that's how I kept seeing it. That's how I know it. But what like, is the, how do you spell it? P-A-R-Z-I-V-A-L. Yeah. It's just the jerk. Yeah. Okay. So it is Percival. I was like, wait a minute. I'm pretty familiar with the names of like the Arthurian Knights and the Knights oh, of the Round I'm Table <laughs> and shit like that. Like Sword in the Stone type shit. Like I'm, I know a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Percival. It's just Parzival is the German version cool anyway continue so um he tried to include this into the design as well um so while now he's living at the castle he's growing increasingly reclusive um he was known to sleep during the days and would wander his castle at night very dramatic he would hire musicians and actors for private concerts and opera and during the various snowy winter nights he would journey out for nighttime sleigh rides and elaborate custom-made sleighs and costumes I love your face right now. <laughs> He's what? He he. I want what? I want to go out on a sleigh ride in a really elaborate costume. He's just living the dream. Oh god! And I bet it's gonna be. I bet it's even prettier when his little boyfriend is there. Oh my god! Can you imagine just like? Especially since there was like rumors he was like in love with his master of horses. So like, so his master of horses is like drawing is like driving the carriage, but he's oh actually on a date. I love it. Damn it! That's so cute. Someone write that novel. Please. Somebody make that HBO show. Yes. So even though he didn't really care about throwing big elaborate balls or big parties or ceremonies, he did enjoy riding his horse to the countryside and would go talk to the common people. And he would lavish them with money and gifts when he saw them. Um, The common people of this area loved him for this reason. But due to the extravagant cost of it, the ruling class very much looked down on this practice. I mean, yeah, rich people don't like it when poor people get money. So that makes yeah. sense. That's just, why so many people are mad about the student loan cancellation. He's like, I don't want to throw a big ball. I'd rather just frolic through the countryside and just, like, bestow gifts on my people. Can you bestow gifts on me, please? I am poor. Please. I posted on Facebook. I was like, hello, yes, it is my birthday month, so I will please be requesting a birthday present in the form of $5,000. Thank you. Oh. Nobody has yet given me oh. my $5,000 birthday present. But I'm hoping. Someday soon. 
Somewhere out there. It's birthday month, so I mean. Somewhere out there. It's almost Libra season. Yes, almost there. And then, um. Things will be calmer in Libra season. Virgo season's a fucking. Well, I mean, also on Friday, I think, um, Mercury retrograde starts, but I think it's in the sign of Libra. But I might have to check with Katie on that. I just trust anything in Libra. Just, it's just, it's fair. It, it, it's just all about balance. Listen, you know? I've just accepted that my life is chaos all the time. But I also know last time Mercury retrograde happened, like we had like all these fucking outages at work and whatnot. And all and these crazy tech issues even here with the pod. Yes. So I remember because you yelled at me for saying on Twitter that the internet was going to go out and then your internet went out. Didn't that happen like five years ago? No, that happened like in like our third episode. Oh. <laughs> oh God. Time is an illusion. <laughs> We've only been doing this uh, pod for since fe- February? January, February. I think February. I think maybe we started recording in January. Oh, that's right. So now we're in eighteen eighty-five. The castle is still unfinished, has gone wildly over budget, and Ludwig had tried the patience of all of his creditors, which he's now getting all these credits from foreign countries as well. When he couldn't repay his debts, the foreign bank seized the property and threatened to bankrupt the state of Bavaria. Oh, bad leader. Yeah, so he's kind of funneling all kinds of money into this castle. This little gay getaway? Yes. Sir, I support you as long as you're not harming others, and it sounds like this is about to start harming others. He he went into the project expecting to pay for it all himself, but then it got a little over budget. A lot of hand. Yeah. By 1885, the king was $14 million in debt and had borrowed heavily from his family and his his financial ministers advised him, you know, you need to chill the fuck out, dude. But he planned further designs. He did design several other castles, but this was like his crown jewel. And he also looked for more loans throughout all of Europe's royalty as well, too. Dude, come on. He he really wanted his, his castle. He knows it's a bad idea. It's going to bankrupt his country. Yep. So now let's get into more, like, castle-y things. Um, so for about two decades, the construction site was the principal employer of the region. So most people who lived in that area did work on this castle. So maybe his argument was, like, he's keeping jobs afloat. Yeah, maybe. By renovating his personal castle mm-hmm. for his dalliances. <laughs> In 1880, there were about 200 craftsmen who were occupied on the site. Um, This doesn't count the suppliers and all the other persons who were indirectly involved in the construction. At times when the king assisted on particularly close deadlines, they would reportedly have up to 300 workers a day trying to get this castle done. Sometimes they would work at night and they'd have to have like little oil lamps like the way of their construction. Um, By 1870... A society was founded for insuring workers for a low monthly fee. And this was, and he also helped pay for this as well. Um, They could get workers insurance for being on this castle. Oh, like Um, if they got injured or something? Yeah. And part of the reason why this came to come is because during construction of the castle, there were 30 documented deaths of workers who died during the construction. Oh my God. Unionize. Yeah. He sounds like he was trying to help them. It wasn't really his money, but doesn't sound like he was super, um, wasn't malicious. Financially educated. Not at all. Which relatable. That's a fucking mood. (laughs) Not me. Spent a hundred dollars on nail polish today. So at the time of Ludwig's death, which we'll get to most of that next week, but we'll talk a little bit about it at the end of this episode. Um, the palace was far from complete. The external structures like the gatehouse and whatnot were mostly finished, 
but the rectangular tower was still scaffolded at the time of his death. The bower was not started, but after his death, they did kind of complete it into more simplified version in 1892. The oh, so they didn't even finish it in the way that he designed it. They were like, no. oh, well, he's dead now, so let's make this a little easier for everybody. Exactly. You know, there's still parts of it that are unfinished. I don't blame them for making it a little bit easier on themselves, though. It sounds like he wasn't being very realistic with his expectations. Not at all. The interior of the royal living space in the palace was mostly completed in 1886. Um, the lobbies and the corridors were painted in a much more simpler style than they were supposed to be in 1888. Originally, Ludwig wanted 200 well-appointed rooms, um, a cavernous singer's hall for opera performances from one specific um, opera composer, ornate walls, um, gardens. He wanted a knight's bath, which was similar to the ritual bath that the Knights of the Holy Grail had. Um... I'm not sure what that is, but I did not want to look it up. That's probably for the best. It's probably <laughs> just a bunch of naked men. Probably. There were three figures in particular that he wanted throughout all the decor and everything. And these were um, the poet uh, Tannhäuser, the Grail King Parzival, and his son Lohengrin, who is known as the Swan Knight. So there's a lot of swan imagery around here, too, because yeah. there's also a lot of swans around here. Yeah, because it's Swan Lake. <laughs> <laughs> there were some abandoned projects that were never completed, and this includes the Night's Bath. They never actually did that. Bride's Chamber, for some reason, never took priority and was abandoned. I mean, probably because he wasn't planning on having any brides. The guest rooms were abandoned on the first and second floor, and there was never a grand banquet hall created like he wanted. In fact, a complete development of Neuschwanstein was never even really planned out. Sounds like he was just kind of winging it. Uh, winging they it, not... different wings in the castle. <laughs> they, um, at the time of his death, they couldn't find a complete concept for all the rooms. It was just kind of like a lot of like pieces erratic. Here, pieces yeah, there, yeah. So despite its size, Neusch- despite its size, Neuschwanstein did not have the space for a royal court. He did not want to host any balls or anything, and it was only supposed to contain the king's private lodging and servant rooms. Wow. And so of he course, can't even like host guests. Well, I mean, he would have like little, like, it sounds like his concerts and plays he would host were just like very small. It's a private concert. Yeah. So, Noish von Stein, it's very highly stylistic, both externally and internally. He really wanted to make it like very artistic. Um, and his influence is apparent throughout all the rooms that were done while he was alive. And he did take a very keen personal interest in the design and the decoration. That's why he moved in while it was still under construction. Mm-hmm. He wanted control over it. This this was his dream home. He would be a great HT, HGTV guest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and many of the rooms actually have a border. I think it's near the top where it depicts um, various operas that were written by Wagner including the theater, which was permanently, like, had the set of one of his plays. And it has a lot of interior rooms, which are undecorated. Of the 200 rooms he planned, there were only 14 finished at the time he died. That's not a lot. No. 14 years up. 14 rooms after all that time. To one a year. Yeah, basically. Well, I mean, no, because he moved in 15 years after it was started. So, wow. Yeah. That's very slow progress. Very slow. But I mean, I guess it makes sense if it's super ornate, like on the inside, because it takes, it would take craftsmen years mm-hmm. to make enough stuff to furnish a castle, like decades. Especially probably. if you have like hundreds of people working on it every yeah. day. Like it's, it's very elaborate. And it's, it's wild to me that like 14 rooms are finished. Yeah. I won't, like, I think like 
maybe like the basic structure was finished because they were able to like do a simple version like real quick. Yeah. I think it was just all the extra shit he threw in there. Probably like fucking rubies from this mountain in this village or <laughs> some bullshit like embedded in the linens or some shit like that, you know? Uh, yeah, probably. Some crazy rich people shit. So this castle is kind of like largely tied with his downfall, so to speak. You know, he's pouring all this money into it. He's spending all this time. He's getting like more and more obsessed over it. Mm-hmm. All his rich friends don't like the fact that he's throwing money at poor people. Yeah. He's, ta- he's defaulting on loans. Mm-hmm. So the ministers, largely to protect the state's assets, accused him of insanity and removed him from the throne. That's rude. They argued that Ludwig had clearly shown some borderline delusional behavior in his obsession with his new building I mean, um, and his frequent games of make-believe. Just because he's LARPing. I know. Let the LARPers live. Then, to back up this claim that he's insane and unfit to rule, they brought in uh, Berhard von Kuden, which was a highly regarded figure in medical circu- medical circles and came forward to make an official assessment of the king's mental state. Not only had the doctor, like, was known for per- making a machine that could, like, perfectly slice a human brain for research purposes. Oh. Um, but he was also making a name for himself in psychiatry, which was still kind of a new growing field. Mm -hmm. So the doctor, along with several colleagues, provided the following diagnosis. In quote, he is teetering like a blind man without guidance on the verge of a precipice. Aw, that's... He's fine. He just wants to play. I know. Let the kid LARP. (laughs) Maybe not so much the bankrupt scene, though. (laughs) That's pretty bad. So, Gudin declared uh, Ludwig unfit to, con- unfit to conduct government business. The diagnosis of paranoia and insanity, which is what led to him being dethroned on June 10th, 1886. But then there's the question about how he came to this diagnosis. Since oh, no. he's supposedly a respected medical professional. Um, he's a fraud, isn't he? So instead of examining the king himself, he based his report on interviews that he had with some of the king's aides and secret nighttime meetings with the staff of the castle. What? That was his close personal assessment. He um, wrote to the chairman of the Bavarian Council of Ministers, by the way, a personal examination had just confirmed the written examination. But there's there's no record or any evidence that an examination ever happened. So a bunch of people started gossiping about how much this king, they didn't like his decisions, and then he was declared insane. Yep. 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 I'm, to be fair, I, I'm not discrediting the fact that he was probably not a great king, and they probably needed to remove him from power, but I feel like the way they went about it mm-hmm. could use some work. So there is a group of psychiatrists currently today led by Heinz Hafner. Their findings, which they recently published in a psychiatry journal um, just a couple years ago, I think. I don't remember the date. I want to say it was like around like 20. I want to say 2012, but I forgot to write down the date. But um, so they published in a psychiatry journal that there was no reliable evidence of mental illness. They could not find any evidence. You have coffee (laughs) on your face. (laughs) I'll be right back. (laughs) I was listening. There's no evidence of mental illness according to a study. As you dumped coffee all over your face. I was trying to get the last one. So there's no evidence that there was any mental illness. Um, They also found that Ludwig was actually very hardworking, contrary to the reputation that was put forth by his 
country around the time. Well, hard working in what ways? So they found that each year he would review about 800 documents um, pertaining solely to domestic affairs, which was a lot more than his father or any other king had done at that time. Mm-hmm. So he was getting a lot more involved. He's educating himself on um, domestic affairs more than most kings of that time were. Um, he was also known to conduct government business far more quickly, probably because he liked to um, isolate himself so he could you know, read through documents and... Mm-hmm do paperwork and whatnot faster than pretty much anyone, especially his dad. Stop bothering me. Yeah. And then there's also the less substantiated theory that, you know, his perceived sexuality may have played a role in this diagnosis, but we don't really have any... Way to confirm or deny that. Yeah. However, like, homosexuality was not punishable in Bavaria. Like, they were open to it. Yeah. Since 1813. I mean, yeah, but but open to it and wanting your king to be it are two different things. And then plus, very early in his reign was the unification of Germany, um, which after 1871 criminalized homosexuality. So Bavaria specifically wasn't against it, but then they joined Germany, which at that time was... Which was very anti-LGBTQ. Yes. Fucking homophobes. So, brings us to about the end of this week's episode. So, to end it off, we're going to end on June 12th, 1886, which I briefly mentioned at the beginning. A government commission arrived at Neuschwanstein to seize Ludwig, um, and he avoided them until 4 a.m., just fleeing in his castle and hiding. (laughs) (laughs) I have secret passages you couldn't possibly know about. They could not catch him until 4 a.m., Oh my god, that's iconic behavior. So when he asked Dr. Gudin after being captured, why did the doctor declare him insane? The doctor supposedly responded that there was documentary evidence and that was enough to justify his actions. Ludwig and Dr. Gudin were transported to Berg Castle. And that was the last day both of them were alive. Wait, the doctor too? Yep. Because remember what I said at the beginning, both him and the doctor were found dead in the lake the next day. And that's what we're going to talk about next time. And next time we're getting into more like spooky aspects of the castle. But that's kind of the background on Neuschwanstein. I want to know. I want to know now. (laughs) For those at home, I'm not finding out immediately after we record this. We're recording again next week when Emily gets her new fancy pink microphone in. I mean, we could do earlier in the week. We have Monday off. I mean, do you have Monday off? No. Never mind. I don't have any days off. I lied. I work forever. Me too. I'm getting paid double time for Monday, though. That's good. All right, let's close out this podcast. Woo, let's do it. <laughs> it's getting warm in here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's officially noon. It's starting to get warm. It's hot yeah. outside. I tried to make it super, super cold before you came in to the point I was almost like, I need to go get a sweater. <laughs> Where's my... Oh, shit, I closed my notes. Well, we don't really have any hints for next episode since next episode. Yeah, so next episode, I already kind of laid out the outline for you. We're gonna we're gonna get into more of the darker um, side of Neuschwanstein, and uh, yeah, yeah. And then this isn't relevant for those at home, but Emily and I will probably end up wearing matching outfits again because every time we show up, we are sort of wearing the same thing, like whether it's like (laughs) a pride shirt and like today she has a a cool cats and kittens shirt. I assume it's from Tiger King from the lady. I mean, it has the logo, but then it just has all these random just cool cats and kittens. Yeah, it does. Um, and then it's I'm a Walmart wearing... thing, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's off-brand Tiger King. Merch. Yeah. Um, and then I'm wearing a hat from the La Brea Tar Pits that has, like, a little elephant on it. Um, so we're both rocking some animals today. 
Yes. We'll see. We'll see what outfits bring us next week and also what chaos we're about to learn about. Um, but in the meantime. Yeah. So thanks for thanks for hanging out with us on this warm day. I mean, maybe, maybe warm where they are. I don't know. It's warm here. I don't know. It's it's stupid fucking hot. Whatever day, morning, evening, wherever you are. Um, if you listen to this in your car, please turn on your air conditioner um, yeah, on our behalf, yep. please. Yeah. Um, you can follow us wherever you get your podcast at Full Scream Ahead. You can also follow us on Instagram at Full Scream Ahead or email any questions to us, comments, personal stories at Full Scream Ahead Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook that is Full Scream Ahead Podcast. podcast. Yes. My Instagram is shipsailed, uh, and Emily's Instagram is. I don't really use my Instagram that much. Let's. So my Twitter, it's Emily Strange twenty seven. Um, be one of my five followers. Um, I don't use. Listen Twitter. to my Dragon Age updates. Like that. That's that's me. I don't use Twitter a lot, but my Twitter is Baby Lassiter. Hashtag yeah. not a psych reference. Hashtag not a psych reference. Emily has six followers now. Woo! Um, moving on up in the world. That is. A huge jump over the two followers you had last time. And some of these look like real people. I know. Yeah. Okay. So here's how we're going to end this. This tweet that just popped up on my timeline. <laughs> what scent do you associate with the 90s? Jelly shoes. Jelly. They did kind of have a smell. They had a very distinct plastic smell. And I'll never forget it because when Payla started selling jelly shoes again, it was like a blast of memory. Oh, no. Because my first job was Payless and I was there for three and a half years. So when they brought the jelly shoes back, I was like, oh, yep, that that's it. Maybe I just associate the 90s with Payless, <laughs> but specifically like the jelly shoes. See, I always think of exactly two Bath and Body Works scents. Which is one Japanese cherry blossom? No, the I feel like the sense that divided us as society was: were you a cucumber melon bitch or were you a warm sugar bitch? Oh yeah, that's fair. I was never a warm sugar vanilla. I can't. Bitch. I do. You can't do warm sugar vanilla. I I'm hate always it. like a. What is it? Cucumber the melon. Cucumber melon is good. Sweet pea was very popular. That's true. Yeah, but I couldn't do like I still to this day can't do super sugary scents. I like fruity smells. Yeah. Um, I like fresh smells. But the things that are, like, sickly sweet, like Ugh. like any sort of, like, bakery-smelling candle, like if it smells like like pecan pumpkin waffles or blueberry waffles Gross. or whatever the fuck they have. Like, I can't do it. Vampire blood, however, it just smells like strawberries, and it's incredible. Isn't it plum? No, it's strawberry. I thought it was plum. It might be plum and strawberry, this but I know for the sure there's strawberry. This is the only bakery-scented one I can do, the Paris Cafe. Ooh, yes. It just smells like coffee. I love it. That's why you like it. I can confirm this is what a Paris cafe smells like because I was in Paris for a while. Yeah, it's because it's just coffee. I want to go back to Bavaria and I just want to go to more more breweries. The best dessert I've had in my entire life. There's a little cafe right across from the Notre Dame in Paris. I don't remember what I got. It was maybe like a a tart. Maybe maybe it was a tart. I really couldn't tell you what it's called. I just pointed at it and it had like a little pile of strawberries on the top and it was like crispy on the outside, but then like sweet and gooey on the inside and it was just the perfect dessert. And I did not like Paris, but I would go back for that. I feel like I need to see it at least once. Um, I think about when I first time I went to my first international trip was to Munich and we went and saw Neuschwanstein yeah. that yeah. week. But they had a look, they were at a special at the cafe outside the castle where you could get um, a hot chocolate and a pastry for really cheap. And I'm like, well, I was a really strict vegan at the time. And I was too, like, awkward to ask about certain pastries. 
So I was like, if I don't get a pastry, can I get the mulled wine instead? And they're like, yeah, why not? Because it also came with a commemorative mug. I'm still so sad I broke the mug. Yeah, I remember (laughs) when you went to your first international trip. I thought you were so fucking cool. I thought you were cool our entire lives. Oh, Um, that's a lie. No, it's not. My social media lied to you. From childhood (laughs) to now, our entire lives, I have thought you were super fucking cool. Um, But I remember when you took your first international trip... I was like, that, she's so fucking cool. She's just, like, going by herself to another country, and she just, like, doesn't fucking care. Like, she's just gonna go. I would be terrified. I would never. I would never. With a group of strange... No, thank you. I'm too... I can't. And you just did it. And I'm... To this day, I'm very impressed. That makes me feel good. You're a cool person. <laughs> thank you. Everyone else tell me how cool I am. <laughs> Next week on Full Scream Ahead. <laughs> make, make her violently uncomfortable with compliments. Thank you. Meet me how cool I am. Here, I'm going to end the recording. I think we ended it. Did we, did we say bye? Bye. bye. That was too loud. We got to do one more. That was, look, look at that spike. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, no. That was weird. Bye. <laughs> bye. Slightly ominous goodbye. Dun, dun, dun. Fingers crossed. Okay, bye. Hugs and hisses. See you next time. Dangerous crust. Dangerous crust. Weird. That looks normal, right? No!